Thank you for tuning in to the Testimony Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Loper. Today's guest is Kyle Moses, and he will be sharing about when he first met Jesus and how his life has been forever transformed. Hey, Kyle, how you doing today? Hey, Brandy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Kyle, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So, first of all, you know, I think number one piece about my identity is I'm son of son of Jesus and, and God and been a believer of God for the last 11 years. I live here in, in San Diego and am married to a, an amazing woman. Been married for seven years this year. I've got two beautiful children at uh, the ages four and one, a boy and a girl. So, you know, that keeps life interesting and busy in the best way possible. And currently I serve as a director of training and development at Quito Mexican Eats, which is 750 unit fast casual Mexican chain. And so really what, what I get to do is I get to lead a team who builds materials that help people learn and grow with, within their roles and their positions. So uh, that definitely is a fulfilling role. And it kind of helps me do God's work and kind of one of my callings that God has over my life. But also I've uh, founded the Anointed Ones, which is my ministry that we're getting off the ground right now. It's my passion hustle. So obviously my career takes up a big chunk of my time and, and the Anointed Ones is is something that God has just put on my heart to to get off the ground, to shine his light by telling God stories, crafting apparel that people can wear that that share his truths and to give to his works and all with the idea of growing his kingdom. That's awesome. I'm so excited. And we got connected because of your wife. Yes. I know her, Taryn. She's an amazing, amazing woman and I adore her. And I remember when I was talking to her, hey, do you know anyone who has a great testimony? She said, my husband has a great <laughs> testimony. So I was like, let's meet. I want to meet him and hear your story. And we got together. We just first met over the phone, which was awesome. Yeah. And you shared your love for Jesus and how he kind of broke into your life at at a time in your life where you were at rock bottom. Yeah. And it's a great testimony. And I know that's what you're going to be sharing today. So why don't we go ahead and start? Take us back to what your life was like, how you met Jesus, mm -hmm. just your journey with him. Yeah. So when I first encountered Jesus at an intimate level and accepted him into my life, it was at one of my lowest points in my adulthood and an area that, that I kind of own. So I was my first wife w had just left and we were going through a divorce through that just financially i was a, a bit in ruin and i say a bit and that's a bit of an understatement i guess and so I, i'm at a point in my life where i'm kind of losing everything around me everything that i'd built up and who i was at that time was a very prideful person and had really kind of was building things around in my life and and it was all I'm doing this, I'm doing, I'm accomplishing this, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And at that point, I was just, you know, God gradually kind of pulled those things away from me. And, and I realized just how broken I was and how much I needed, I, I needed a savior. Going back to nine years ago, at that point, as I said, my wife had, had left, we're going through a divorce. I'm, I'm in a position where I'm probably going to lose the house. All the vehicles are in my name, just financially a really, really bad place. Have you ever been so broke that you can't even you can't even drive in your car because if you go, you're going to run out of gas and you're not going to have gas for work for the next day. Like that's, that's the place that I was in. Right. And so I'm going to Grand Junction and my dad, you know, he was in a position where he was moving from Grand Junction to Colorado. He needed a place to live. I needed somebody to come in and help financially with the house. I had a big enough house. So I'm, I'm on my way to pick up my dad in Grand Junction and had gone to help him pack up his stuff and was driving on my way back out. And, you know, my dad was going to be going to be moving in with me with, you know, his girlfriend and her, her child as well. And that's where that's where I first encountered Jesus. 
so you're losing everything. Mm-hmm. You're to the point where you can't even drive your car because you have no money to put gas back in it. Yeah. Your wife's already gone. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in this house and it's kind of just become your jail cell. Absolutely. There was one point that I was so depressed that I came home from work one day and I closed all the blinds and I, it was like four, four thirty in the afternoon and I fell asleep and I slept for 14 hours straight and was just so worn out and, and just like at my bottom that my body said, I need a break from this, from this attack that you're in from this, from, from this really dark place and just kind of shut down for some time. So you didn't know the Lord Mm-mm. when all this was happening. Nope. So you had up to this point, you had built your kingdom kind of mm-hmm. in a sense. You had the house, you had the cars, you had the job, you had the wife. Yep. Everything's going good. You've built this kingdom on your own because you got it. Mm-hmm. And all me, all you, it's all because of me, all because of you. Yep. Everything is because of you, because you hustle. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why you have all these things. And then everything slowly but surely just starts falling mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. And to the point where you're now, you have nothing and you can't even fix it. No, there was no digging out of it on my own. You were at your rock bottom. Yeah. Especially for someone who's very prideful. Now you have nothing and you have to tell people I have nothing. And now you need your dad and his girlfriend and her child to Mm -hmm. move in with you just so you can stay and to have a roof over your head. Yeah. Okay. So your Grand Junction, getting your dad. Uh, At this point, you know, I needed my dad to to come in and live with me and uh, to help, you know, financially. He needed a place to stay too. Living in Colorado at the time. He's living in Grand Junction. I'm living in Denver. Go out, pick him up. And, and I'm, I'm driving there. It's about a three and a half hour drive between Grand Junction and, and Denver. It was just me in the car. And I was, I was at a place ready to submit and I did. And, and God showed up. Let's go to how you got to the place of even knowing that submitting to God was an option. How do you even know God? How do you know that he's the one you're going to submit to? Yeah. So at this point in my life, I was agnostic, borderline atheist. I had key individuals in my life, which I think is really important for a lot of people that come to God. Like God is going to intercede in any way that he needs to. And he's going to use different individuals within your life to help start breaking down the barriers. My barriers were up before this point were up as about as high as they could go. You know, I, I very much liken, liken it to the story of Babel where I'd build all these things and, and put all these barriers up around me. And God was ready to tear them down. And I had key people like my mom. My mom, we definitely had our, our place in our past where we didn't see eye to eye and our relationship was not was not what it should have been. My my mom, up at, as I went through that, she she kept reminding me, you need God right now. You need, if you don't have that, you're, you're not going to be able to build from anything. So my mom was a key piece of that. Now, did you grow up in the church? No, we'd gone to church here and there. But honestly, the first time I heard the Lord's Prayer was in an AA meeting with my dad at five years old. And so that was, you know, I think that kind of tees up my relationship with my, with my parents. My parents were, were individuals that brought me and showed me a lot of great things. But at the same time, I was in a lot of positions I probably shouldn't be in. So, you know, five years old, my dad is a recovering cocaine addict and alcoholic and come from a broken, broken home. My parents had already been divorced for a couple of years by that time. And it was a place, it was a an AA place called Putt and Sober for a bunch of bikers. And I just remember every single meeting that they would close out after they shared their stories of recovery and hearing these these big, burly, most of them men, all clad in leather, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, but they would all get together around the table at the end of it with 
you know, their arms on each other's shoulders and recite the Lord's Prayer. And that was the first place that I that I heard the Lord's Prayer. And it still sticks out to me in my mind as just being this incredibly powerful and healing prayer that grown men who are recovering and are the broken of the broken, but God is restoring them. It, it just, that's always resonated with me. And that's kind of, I think, embodies my relationship with my parents, where my dad is through his years of recovery. He was, you know, sober for over 21 years before he relapsed later in life. But he showed me a lot, especially when I moved in with him as at an older age, he showed me kind of what prayer time looked like and what what self-discipline looked like and hard work. And I took all those really amazing things from my father. But there's a lot of situations earlier on in life and later in life where I personally wouldn't put my kids in that situation, or I work every day not to. But there's a fine line between God's salvation and destruction, right? And Jesus stands that line for us. And so that's kind of, you know, my childhood and upbringing was, it was, I got little snippets. My mom, when her and her second husband were were married, we kind of had this quintessential family life and we would go to church very sporadically. So I had some of that in my childhood where I got to see see God and and know that he at least existed, but to the level that intimate relationship that we should have with him was definitely not there. So your mom was a key player. Then you, of course, your dad, so you've been introduced, you know, there is a God. Mm -hmm. You've seen grown men rely on him and lean on him and their desperation. Did you have anybody else speaking into your life at this moment? I know we can look back and say, I can see God at work in those moments. Yeah. Did you have that where you're like, okay, I know that person was put in my life to get me to where I was in that car. Yeah, and that person's my wife. There's no question about it, right? My wife, you know, she grew up in a family. I think her parents accepted Jesus when she was around four or five years old. So she grew up with a, an intimate relationship. And this is your Jesus. current wife. It's my current wife. Taryn. Taryn, yes. And she was, you could see, you could see what God meant to her. And she talked about it openly. And we just decided that we were going to be official. So, you know, I'd had a chance to... I think I'd met her family at this point as well. So just, just being around them. And, and I, I would say for any new believers, you know, that's so huge. It's just who are the people around you that, that know Jesus and, and leaning into them. And Taryn definitely started breaking down those walls for me. So it's really interesting. At the same time, I'm losing so much. But looking back on it, God was gaining all the things that I really needed in my life. And that was relationship with him and obviously my wife who... I mean, that's his biggest blessing over my life to date, right? And and probably will forever be. And so just looking back on it, like Taryn had a huge role in helping me to humble myself enough to even be at a point that I could accept Christ. Yeah, because I mean, you had to fall pretty far. I mean, yeah. if you're thinking of the Tower of Babel as your comparison, yep. I mean, you were way high up there in that's your right. pride. And so that fall was hard, yep. but it had to be. It had to be exactly. to see it otherwise. Right. And God yeah. knew that. Of course he did, because he knows us. That's right. Intimately. Intimately. Okay, so now we're in the car. Now we know all the people that God has already put in your life mm -hmm. to get you to this place to know to turn to him. So go ahead and start sharing that. Yeah, there's a spot on the drive. So it's you're on Interstate 70, driving through the beautiful Rocky Mountains. And I just, I was listening to music and you know, making, making the three and a half, four hour drive back. And I just, I was like, all right, why not? God, you know, like I've, I've obviously messed this up enough and I obviously am not able to do this on my own. I'm at a place right now. I'm ready for you to show up. And if you're there, I, I want you to show up in my life. So I'm, I'm coming or, you know, it's a pretty windy, you know, it's in the mountains. So it's windy interstate and I come around this curve and there is in this part of Colorado, the, the, there's a lot of kind of red colored mountains. So coming, coming around the curve, 
there's this just beautiful rainbow. And it's just sitting, it's just like God has laid that up for me. Right as I'm thinking this and and at and calling out to him to say, God, I need, I can't do this without you. And if you're there, show up. And I come around the, this curve and there it is. It's this beautiful rainbow and everything inside of it is is all light. And everything on the outside, the upper part of the rainbow is dark. And it to this day, I still see rainbows and it reminds me of my God's pro- of God's promise of God was making a promise to me at that moment that whatever struggles I go through later in life, that God is never going to let me go through those alone. And really, I never was. God had always loved me. He was just waiting for me to recognize him. To this day, I look back on that picture sometimes when I need to. I took a picture of it, so I've got it. It, It's just at that moment, the rainbow shining, and I was listening to music, as I said, and in the song that I was listening to, there's literally a church choir. I'm not even joking you. At the same time that all this is happening, and there's a church choir in the background going, oh, it's like, at that point, God made it so abundantly clear that he was there that I couldn't refute it. Because at that point, I was an agnostic, borderline atheist and could explain away so many different pieces of of God and why he doesn't exist. And proof that anybody that says Jesus was this or that, I could could explain it all away. In that moment, I was kind of left dumbfounded and saying, I don't know how to explain this away. It was just too real. And then, and then you feel the Holy Spirit come down on you at that time too. And you cannot refute that feeling either if you've ever experienced it. So it just, God, God said, all right, I'm not only going to show up for you, but I'm going to show up in a big way with almost theatrics and show you how real I am. And I, I couldn't refute it. And I've accepted him ever since. So amazing. I love how he shows up and it's unique for each one of us. Absolutely. It's exactly what yes. each one of us needs. Again, he knows yep. our heart. He knows what we need. He knows how to convince Someone who believes in nothing. Yes. So here you are, you have nothing, and then now you have everything. Yeah. Like, but it's not all the things that you thought you needed to feel fulfilled. Yeah. He's fulfilling you in a completely different way. Let's move forward now. Okay, so now you've given your life to Jesus. So what does life look like for you now? Yeah, so at that point, it was was basically God saying, we've seen what it looks like to live for your purpose. Now I'm going to show you what it looks like to live for my purpose. And, you know, as a new believer, you're just kind of stuck with, I don't even know where to start. So I just recently was, I was listening to, actually Taryn had it on, uh, Francis Chan. And, and he was talking about how, how there's actually been a couple instances recently that made me reflect on this. So Francis Chan's talking about how you go through different phases of being a believer, right? And you start in infancy. And you really, as a new believer, what I needed is just like what an infant needs, they need somebody and, and other people to feed them, to, to show them how to walk and to do those things. So luckily, uh, I, had, I had that in Taryn. I had that in Taryn's family who could at least get me connected into the church. And it's so important for a new believer to, be, to, to seek those people out and really lean into them and ask a lot of questions. And it's okay to ask questions. And that's what I started doing. I started asking questions and started going to church. Luckily, we found Taryn was already going to uh, Red Rocks Church, which is an amazing church out in Colorado still. They've gotten huge. At this time, it was the exact church that I needed. At that time, Red Rocks Church was in this little barn in the back of Heritage Square, which is this creepy theme park in the foothills of Colorado. And I needed a church that I could walk in and not feel judged and not feel that I needed to put this certain image out and that I could walk in there and be accepted for who I was because at that point I had very little self-value and and knew that I in my mind I couldn't live up to the people that believe in God and I just didn't love 
who I was at that time. So I needed a church that that made me feel comfortable to be who I am and and be accepting of that. And they some of the things that they that they talk about is they're they're a hospital for sinners and not a museum for saints. And they're they're you know their goal is to take, make heaven more crowded. So as a new believer. That was huge for me. I, I needed to be to, to know that I am a sinner and I'm okay to be there and God still loves me. As I went to church services, every every service I went to, I felt like the pastor was looking right at me and the words that they had were coming straight from God and they were directed at me. God in just all of his glory is able to, as, as you said earlier, he's able to speak directly to you and know exactly what you need at that time. He personalizes it. Yes. And, and he absolutely, he did that to me. And it was, again, it was, even though I was a believer, there were still elements of, I still needed to be accepted into that. And it just made me feel more and more accepted into that. I was, I was where I was supposed to be. And I, he had me where he wanted me. Yeah. And he does that. Yeah. I mean, he's already got the plan. Yes. So he just needs you to take a step in faith, yep. which you did. Mm-hmm. And he already had everything mapped out for you. Yeah. And he does that. And, but it takes our faith. We have to have faith. We, we don't know what's around the corner, but we have to have faith that he's already there and he's mapped it out for us. Yep. And he, so he had this for you. Okay, so you're going to church. You're learning more about him, the intimacy of the relationship with him. You're growing closer to Taryn, obviously, because now she's probably ecstatic mm-hmm. that you gave your life to Jesus because you probably are falling in love with each other by this point. Yep, yep absolutely. So, so now just take us through the progression. Of, you know, when you gave your life to Jesus, did you know that pride was your sin? I don't know if I did know that for sure. As I started learning some of the early teachings that I started learning that that God uses the humble the most. And I think reflecting back on it, I'd always appreciated people that were humble and didn't realize that I had built all these things up in my honor and not his. And I, I would say, I think the verse that did stick out to me and kind of my aha moment for that was when I reflected on the the, the story of Babel. Because people were building things up for themselves and not the glory of God. When we honor God and, and give Him the glory, that's that's when He shows the shows favor over us, right? And and so that that started to become more apparent and more true. And as well as as I started humbling myself, God's favor started showing up. And some some of the things that I had lost, you know, I was gaining in, in other places. And some of the things I had been working for for myself, I started working for Him, and they resurfaced back again. And so that was just it was. It was proof, again, that I was on the path that he had chosen for me. So now, did you ever actually lose your house? No. So you actually... Never. No, okay. I didn't. So like, this is, again, one of the... How, how God showed up. I, I went from being... I tried selling the house at one point, and I, I was upside down in it. And I kid you not, I found my relationship with Jesus, and it was about six months later, and I was able to actually sell the house for a profit wow. and hang on to it long enough to be able to do that. And he, he flipped the script that quickly in my life after I became a follower and, and, and you touched on and that, that God starts favoring the faithful. And he really did do that in my life. And I, that's one thing that I did have. I didn't have a, knowledge, a lot of knowledge of, of the Bible or of God, but I had childlike faith, which is something that's so easy for a new believer to have. It becomes harder as we grow up in our faith, right? To have that childlike faith, but it's so important to hang on to because that's, that's the basis of who God wants us to be and how God wants us to, to see him. Just like you know, with Thomas, Thomas, the disciple didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected until he could put his hands in the wound. And Jesus told him after he did that, he said, he said, you can see me. Blessed are they who, who will never see me and still believe. And so that, that childlike faith, it's really important to, to, to hold on to. And I try very hard to, and, and I, in order to do that, I reflect back a lot on what it was like to be a new believer. 
That's good. You know, I also think too, where you started your journey to finding the Lord, you had no idea it was going to happen. He was pursuing you through all of this. He wanted you and he knew the only way was to strip you of everything. Mm -hmm. So you would come to him. And then, so you built your kingdom, basically your tower of Babel, Mm -hmm. your home and all your things. Yes. What the world says we need to be something in this world. And he takes it all from you, but he doesn't take it completely. Mm-mm. He just puts you in a position where you couldn't fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you humble yourself enough. You cry out to him. He lets he he gives you a profit on your house, something you would never have expected. No. So for you, it's personal. He knew that he had to show you that he could do that in the beginning as a new believer. Oh, it's amazing how he really pursues us and shows us how real he is in our lives and That is just such a great testimony to how it is personal. That was something you needed to see. You needed to now know that it's because of him. Yes. Not because of me. Right. I couldn't do this on my own, but he did it within six months of me just walking in faith. Yeah. That quickly. Yeah. And and that's where God is so great too at, at performing the unthinkable, what we can't even fathom because then there's no, you can't refute that it was anybody but him. And he's, he's continued to do that over and over and over again in my life. And just, it helped again, that helps keeping the childlike faith too. And what I've learned is you just, you have to submit. And the times that I've had breakthrough in my life, even whether since being a believer over the last nine years, they were times where I still catch myself thinking that I'm in control and struggling with not being in control. But the times that I have breakthrough again and again, it's when I submit to God and God's will and I let him take the reins and he provides far and beyond what I could have ever done myself. You know, unfortunately, he, he probably looks at me like, oh, that's one of my one of my kids that doesn't get it. He still doesn't get it. He's a little slow. Right. And and but, you know, it's just it's really inspiring to, to see how he works in, in people's lives when they submit. Yeah. And I definitely don't think he looks at you that way. <laughs> no, I think no, he, he loves it because it doesn't. glorifies him even more. <laughs> yeah, like, there you go again, <laughs> child. <laughs> I mean, I just always think, you know, having children is the best example of what a father's love is. And he loves us even more than we love our own children, which is just unimaginable. We can't even fathom that in our minds, what that love looks like. Being a believer and then eventually having kids, you really start understanding your relationship to that level, right? And to what, like what you said, like, there's nothing that could remove my love from my kids. Just like, you know, in Romans 8, God talks about there's nothing that can happen to remove his love from us. And it's so true. Yes, absolutely. So now you said he was doing other things in your life too. You want to share some of those things that he was doing? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was kind of lost in my direction. And, and so I was in a leadership role. I was still, I was with Qdoba back then too. And I was working towards a, a promotion. And, but I, again, I was working for myself. And by working for him, I started really focusing my leadership on serving others versus serving what was best for me. And that opened so many doors. But, you know, I would say the biggest blessing is my story with God is a bit of a love story because my, as I said earlier, my biggest blessing was my my relationship with my wife and being able to marry her eventually and then having beautiful kids and getting to be part of God's lineage and raising up a family that is going to know him and, and give them something that I didn't have growing up. And, you know, people talk about doing that with material things sometimes, but nothing will impact generations more than you knowing Christ and showing your kids and raising them up to know him as well. Thank you so much for sharing today. Would you be willing to pray for the listeners of this podcast that may be experiencing something similar to what you shared today? Absolutely. Um, Great. So dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for 
just the amazing God that you are, that you are such a powerful God, that you know the most intimate pieces of every, of every single person's heart that walks this earth, and that you are all knowing you're able to, to find them and reach them, and that you're planting seeds all over to remind people to lean into you and to seek you and to know you. And I pray that you, that you just you bless them, that you shine your face upon them, and that you give them peace through this time and you give them a spirit of power and strength and understanding through you and who you are as God and not a, not a spirit of fear and timidness that we, we pray that people be bold in your name during this time and that those that don't know you, that fellow believers are, are reaching out to them so they can help people know you, but, they, but they're doing so through the good deeds and through, through their actions and not so much their words, Lord. We pray that you you just minister to those that are that are hurting the most and we pray that we as a community of believers that we lean into those people that need us more than anything and the resources and the blessings that god has given us and we just thank you again for there's so many good things that are coming out of the current situation that they're in families are being restored people are getting to know you and we pray that you continue to let your will be done over the world lord and that that you bring us salvation and and we just thank you and we we pray all these things in jesus name amen amen thank you for tuning in for more information or to connect with today's guest you can email us at info at the go to our website at www.thetestimonyrevival.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Testimony Revival. We'll be back next week with a new guest and another amazing story of how Jesus transforms lives.